the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 116. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm vibing high, baby. (laughs) It's like we're buzzed. I think we're like still high from Portland, right? I am totally still high from Portland. And there will be a crash. (laughs) I am certain of it. I just hope that I finish all of these. I set down all these plates gently that I'm spinning before, before I, before I trip and fall. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. We, we went to Portland and we kind of glossed over it last week because we had Tommy Rosen on the show, but, but we wanted to dedicate some time to it. You and I met up in Portland. We met up with in Portland and it was wonderful time. It was my birth. I was reeling from that week was my birthday, my 50th birthday. Uh, I was excited to see you. Um, we had an unruffled podcast meetup that just totally blew my mind. Same. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome yeah. to meet our listeners. It was so cool. I, it still feels like it was a dream. Totally. Like, I just want to thank all of you precious women that met up with us in Portland that drove four hours to come to our meetup. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. We love each and every one of you. So thank you for coming. That was amazing. It was, Um, yeah, I couldn't stop smiling. My face kind of hurt. Like, and then it was like, when it was over, it was like, did that really happen? Did we just really do that? Did we just really take over a bar? And, and, and like 20 <laughs> listeners, like it was amazing. It was, I'm so grateful for them. It was, it just made me feel, um, you know how you and I just do this every week and we yeah, love, we just do it. <laughs> but a lot of times it is. And that's, we talked about this in the car on the way or the next day or that night or whatever, but yeah, we love doing this, but really it's, it's in a vacuum. It's just you and I in a conversation together, really. Yeah. Cause we like to talk to each other and that's, mm-hmm. you know, we like to, to let others join in on this conversation that we have. <laughs> Come join us. We'll invite you every once in a while. We'll invite somebody on. Yeah. Right. We, we just like each other and like the talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes it feels like it's sort of in a vacuum, even though we know you guys are out there listening. Uh, it's not like we need validation, but there is something about validating the experience that Tammy and I are already sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, I can't, it's hard to assign words to it. Yeah. It just, it felt, uh, there was a gal there, um, I'll just use her first name, but Courtney, who, who like, as soon as she sat down, showed me that book of like my art that she'd printed out from the mantra project and made a book and asked me to sign it. And I was like, what is happening right now? I know. This I feels know. weird. This feels like, and just, 
I just love right. that um, people were wearing your kimonos. I know. No. And, it, yeah. and it's not an ego thing. It's not mm-hmm. about stroking our egos or anything like that. It's just about, about it's about community. That's, yeah. that's why we set out. That was the mission. Yeah. And um, it's happening happening. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it so much. And people connecting with the Recovery Gals Art Exchange exchanged presents there. We took a great group photo. And I'm just, I was, I was blown away by uh, how it felt. felt Yeah, for sure. And if I have any wish for you Portland women, carry on. Mm -hmm. Keep meeting up. And that's what we hope to do when we go to other cities is that we hope we have a big meetup and we hope we introduce you guys to each other and that we hope you just carry on. Keep keep going. Well, I did send Aaron Shaw street, um, a picture of our meetup and I was like, you know, you're next, right, Erin? Like, you know, that's happening. Right. She's, she's, <laughs> she's actually, on social media right now. <laughs> she's actually blowing up my phone right now. <laughs> Hi, Erin. Oh, I love Erin. But she was like, yeah, get your cap downs ready, girls. This is like, <laughs> she's like Nashville and, 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 um, where's she at again? Alabama. Um, she's in Alabama. She's in Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. She's like, we can get the Nashville gang. Yep. Birmingham. Yep. Like, let's do this. So, okay. For sure. Go. Because we know, we know you guys are going to get in your car and drive and make it make, maybe make a night of it. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. So that was happening. awesome. That was one part of the awesomeness <laughs> of the weekend. But the second part of the awesomeness was, um, well, maybe we can talk about that part when we introduce our guests. Let's, let's real quick ju- want to jump to, to what yeah, we let's- to promote. Or is that too much of a awesome? Like a, I'm, I'm not at all. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so um, you've been super energized since the weekend. We did a big creative workshop with Amanda Grace, um, who is our guest today. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But you super energized from it, Sandra? Energy from it as you get home and like dug in? Yes. Okay, oh tell my me. God. Yes. So I have been trying to come up with uh, something to entice you listeners or just, you know, anyone who has eyeballs on my Instagram page um, or my website to sign up for my newsletter, because it really is my favorite way other than this podcast to Mm -hmm. communicate with, uh, to communicate with you guys. And so um, I had a shower download, (laughs) like my favorite, Mm -hmm. my favorite kind of my favorite kind of divine download is, is in the shower. And, um, I am, have made a guide and it is called, uh, 10, 10 ways to, uh, expand your recovery through creativity. Um, right. So I took, I want to see it. I know it's so fun. And I, and, and, you know, it differs. I pulled some things from, um, my, my ebook that I published a couple of years ago called, um, or a year and a half ago, 365, um, prompts, uh, and reflections for re- your recovery and creativity, which is an ebook that I've been selling on my site for $12 for a year and a half. Anyway, I took some, some, uh, I went back through that book. I culled some things from there, some projects some some reflections, um, mantras, but I also included a lot of, uh, uh links mm. reference, other references that, that is, that's, really jazzed me up to do that. There's a, there's a 
gratitude prompt and, and Tammy, your link. Yeah. I linked Amanda's work. Um, like sharing the love, right. Of where we get inspired. Yes. Yes. So that was really fun and it's done. It's done. Um, so so that's, well, you, so this morning, uh, as, as we're recording this, I'm about to send it out to all of, uh, send out a link to download it. It's a PDF to all my existing uh, newsletter subscribers right now. But if you are listening to this and you uh, want to sign up for my newsletter, you will automatically get a link to it uh, when you sign up. And it's on the fr- uh page, my homepage of my website, theunruffled.com. See, I'm so excited. I can barely talk. (laughs) I love it. Well, I love that you came home. So super inspired. I mean, that's how I came home too. It was like attending, you know, travel does that, right? Get inspired, shopping, new things, you know, um, being with people, like being with you and and working with Amanda during her two-day raw workshop in Portland. Like we're going to talk about that in the interview, but it was it was almost infectious, right? When you're kind of next yes. to people who are creating and having ideas. And when I got home, Sandra, um, I went to see Elizabeth Gilbert uh, for her City of Girls book tour. Yes. She talked about ideas and how they compete for attention mm. and how you have to interview your ideas. And she's like, the new idea is a seductress. And when she said that, I was thinking about like what you were doing, what you were making. I've left you alone. I haven't really asked you what you're doing too much because I know you're in it. And it's the seductress and it's the one that rises to the top. It's like, don't ignore me. I need you to pay attention. We're going to do this. Well, and that's true. And I mean, this seductress has kept me up at night, all hours of the night, like has woken me up out of dead sleeps, has given me just lucid sleep, crazy dreams. So I couldn't not pay attention to her. (laughs) Yeah. You got shit to do. She's like, get up. (laughs) He's like, "Uh uh-uh, we are doing nothing else until you finish me. And so, yeah, so that's, that's it. But, you know, for two days in a row, I drew the death card from the wild unknown. And the day before that I drew the devil. And so I'm like, oh my God, I need a hug. But, Uh um, So what needs to die? What needs to, I think, I don't know, but if I am to throw out a wild conjecture, did I just use that word correctly? Anyway, (laughs) if, um, if I were to guess, Mm -hmm. I would say that this is, this energy is not sustainable. Mm. So, um, I need to get back to, um, summer type activities. (laughs) Right. But you listen to the call, like when she comes, right? When this muse, like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about too, when the muse comes, like you have to listen. And it may seem even like you're just so narrowly focused and tunnel vision, but that is when it happens. When when you're, when you're answering the call that you're responding to the call. Right. Right. And I mean, that's when I'm the most highly productive. And so I have to go, I have to go with it. Mm. Um, But yeah, done. And, um, I can't wait to put it out to the world. I hope, uh, yeah. And I can't wait to get some feedback. Oh, I can't wait to get it. Oh, this is exciting. I'm going to promote something, but I want you to promote what else you're working on. What else is going on? Right. So I'm still taking, I I still want to work with you. If you would like to work with me, um, 
through my program called Change Your Story, uh, which is a, a, a four weeks of time spent with me through Zoom calls and emails where I help you coax you, coach you on bringing your big creative idea to life. So something like this, you know, 10 item guide (laughs) that I produced. Um, It took me about two weeks to crank it out. Um, If you have something like that burning in you, and it doesn't have to be something that you associate with an occupation, um, but maybe it's just a piece of writing or maybe it's uh, the beginnings of a website, or maybe you have a creative business that's been percolating for a really long time and you really need to get started on it, Um, I can help you do that. And uh, the clients that I've worked with so far, I can't even believe the things that we've created in tandem, that they've created and that I've helped them and guided them to create. So, that sounds fun to you. My next four week block will start July 8th. Um, Go to my website, uh, click on change your story at the top, and that will give you more information and how you can sign up. It's $299. Um, That price is secure for now. Uh, It may evolve. That's all I can say. But for July, that's what it is. And I'm excited. I, I've loved every minute hmm. of, of the time I've spent with the women that I've worked with so far. Oh, they're so lucky to work with you, Sandra. That's amazing. I've seen the work, is, the, the projects that have been finished or completed or the writing pieces, the websites, like it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. been so gratifying. Oh, good. Yeah. And also, it, to find our websites, just to make it easy, if you're on SoundCloud, there's links right there on SoundCloud to uh, our websites, to our Patreon, to our who's done the music for our show, Caitlin Schumacher. There's a, a link to her website to see her um, music and her um, artwork and the things that she does. So those are really easy to find in SoundCloud if you guys are looking for it on your phone. Yeah. Um, and tell us about... Tell yeah. Us. Me. All about me? Yes. Let me tell you about me. Yes. Sure. I want to hear about you. <laughs> Well, I held two proof of life workshops in my house last weekend. I did in-person workshops to kind of, kind of like a little discovery uh, session. I was asking for feedback and we went through the process of the art of the selfie and doing six word memoirs or micro memoirs. And they were so lovely. I knew every woman that came from the internet, from Instagram. I knew a couple mm-hmm. of them in real life, but um, you know, people that I hadn't met, but it had only met online. So that was fun. And they gave me feedback for the, for the class that I'm already teaching, um, the Proof of Life Project. So my July session is launching on July 6th. There are Zoom calls, some live, some recorded, and live Q&A sessions, four weeks of classes. The first week is on routines and rituals. The second week I'm teaching about the art of the selfie, what I just talked about. And uh, week three is about analog practices. And week four, we're going to produce a ray of light like I did back in 2017 on wood panels with images of their own and using color as a metaphor. And so all of that is launching on July 6th. I'm also teaching it in August as well. So people have an option 
It's $222. It's about $50 a call. And that's what I'm charging for creative conversations with people, you know? Um, so I think you get a really good deal. Plus you get the energy of the group, you know, right. their ideas and what they're sharing. And mm -hmm. we have a little temporary Facebook group for them for the month of the class where people are sharing what they're learning and their pages and their artwork. So it's been a nice little tight community. So it starts July 6th. That's on my website, TammySolace.com. I love it. Your yeah. uh, little mini workshops at your house looked so fun. I they were fun. There. They were mm -hmm. fun. And the last thing is I have a proof of life journal that is finally uh, brought into this world. It's a 60 day gratitude journal that you can find on my website as well. I've been promoting it. And it's, so if you don't have the time to make art for your gratitude journal, I've already done it for you. And you can lay um, your gratitude list on top or anything on top that you want. Those are 20 bucks. They're in my website, on my, in my store on my website. And I just am not shipping internationally. It's uh, I haven't worked that out yet. So it's just available in the United States. All right. Okay. So Amanda Grace, yes. our queen, our queen, mm -hmm. our Portland queen and our, our, our Irish queen. So she was the impetus for us to go to Portland. Yes. And to take her two day raw journaling workshop where, I mean, did you love it, Sandra? I loved it more than I can even say. I really try to neutralize expectations around things. Um, it's just a, a practice that I've chosen since I got sober because I just, and I mentioned this in the interview, but you know, part of my disease of more meant that I wanted everything to be like over the top all the time. Amazing. And so <laughs> I try to try to reel in those expectations now. And, uh, it just blew me away. I mean, it was, it was profound and I really don't use that word a lot. Mm. Um, it was profound. She, Amanda is so good at what she does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just as, you know, a teacher, a guide, a Sherpa, as she calls herself. Um, and, and then the, the power of the, the small community there in that yeah. studio um, for those many hours that weekend was just so, such a beautiful experience. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I had taken the workshop before in a different environment with different people. And um, Amanda was wondering if I was going to get the same thing out of it, I think. And I was like, I got a different experience out of it, of course. Different oh, space, yeah. different people, um, made different art, was in a different place. So I think you could learn from her and take workshops from her forever and ever and get something different out of it. Oh, I could. I'm not done with Amanda. Yeah. No. <laughs> We're not done. We're not done with you, Amanda. But we, yeah, we totally love Amanda. And um, the, the fact that we got to learn from her in real life and with each other, you know, like to do that side by side, I loved it so much, Sandra, and to see, you know, what we were making and to have that experience together was really special. Yeah, there's just something about, yeah, making, making art or just making in a, in a, community like that together. Oh, it, yeah. It, I felt like a kid almost. Yeah. When I was making, finally got my hands dirty and put paint on them. It felt, I waited to the end of that whole first day, you know, I was keeping everything organized and in its place. And then by the end, I was like, I have to join in, in a way I have to uh -huh. get out of my head and not do what I normally do or how I normally make. And that felt very freeing. 
yeah. and, and felt right. It, it wasn't forced. When I got home, my pages were stuck together. Uh huh. And when I ripped them apart, I was like, she would be happy that I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> she would be happy. But so Amanda was on a big kind of three week tour of the US. I mean, I mean, she was in Portland area and then went to go visit family and she got home and the very next day she recorded with us. Yes. So that's what you guys are going to hear today. So um, right. Speaking of raw, we got her, <laughs> we raw. Got her right when she got <laughs> home. And um, I want to share her websites. It's Amanda Grace IE is her website. On Instagram, you can find her at Amanda J. Grace, and she does great stories on there. If you guys are watching stories, that you'll get to learn a lot about her. And she has a closed Facebook community called Pilgrim Soul. And you can, you can join that closed community with other artists and see what's going on over there. Right. It's not secret. So you can yeah. search for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, she, Amanda was on, has been on our podcast before. If you oh, didn't right. know, she was uh, episode 54 and it's one of our most downloaded episodes, if not yeah. the most downloaded episode, it's pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, her, she's got a way with words. Um, mm-hmm. she's a beautiful human. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the response from that episode, so this one's long today. We've just done a long intro. It's a long episode. We figure it's summer. You can break this summer. up in a couple of parts if you need to. Um, yeah. but before we, before we say goodbye here, I do want to say, um, in July, we're doing a new thing with co-hosts. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, Sandra and I are going to take a little bit of a break and it's the first time we've done this. We're going to co-host with another person. Yeah. And, and we're going to, I know we're going to give each other a little bit of a break this summer so we can spend more time with our kids and creating, which is what we really want to do. Right. And I think you guys will enjoy the, the mix and routine here. Yeah, it'll be good. So Enjoy Amanda. I think you're going to enjoy this episode and check out her website and her work. If you haven't, she has a couple of classes she's offering. One is called Tender and then she's doing a retreat in Cree in Ireland um, in September. So both of those you can find on her website. Yes. And happy two years to Amanda on June 26th. She'll have two years alcohol and nicotine free. So So very cool. Yeah. We love you, Amanda. All right. You'll enjoy. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Not, not morning for you, but I'm so happy to talk to you again. I know, me too. Like, so soon too. <laughs> I know, we just wrapped up our Portland extravaganza and you, my friend, were the impetus for all of that. I know, isn't that mad? I was just talking to a friend of mine today and I, you know, I was t- telling her about that when, uh, when I arrived in Portland, I, I had this moment. It was like I stepped into a bubble and I had this moment of like, is this really happening? Like, am I really here? You know, mm-hmm. mm. many felt, moments of that actually. It felt like a dream. Yeah. It was, um, for our listeners who don't know, um, maybe you can tell them what you were doing in Portland and what was the impetus. I mean, you had another reason to be there, um, but you created this whole thing around being in Portland and it was quite a success. I think, I mean, from my view. Well, it was. And do you know what? In, in many ways, Portland was like Oz for me because um, I, I became aware of Portland through the, through the artist who kind of awakened so much envy in me that I decided to stop 
like pretending I wasn't a real artist and just do it. Mm. Um, so that that was Kelly Ray Roberts. Ah. Yeah, and and what happened there was I was out bra shopping of all things, and <laughs> <laughs> why is it we always end up talking about underwear? But anyway, <laughs> I, I was out bra shopping here uh, in in a place up in in the north, and um, the lady who was to measure me because I, I like to get measured for bras because that's just how I roll, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but anyway, she was busy. Uh, literally her hands were full. So I went to um, a shop around the corner just while I was killing time. And I walked into a figurine that just kind of broke my heart open because I, I had been fantasizing about creating this character and I hadn't been fantasizing. I had created a character and her name was Daisy Jane and she was my artist self. Um, she was my avatar. She was, uh, she was almost like an alter ego. She was the place, the person I created who was the artist I was afraid to be. Mm. And I um, had an idea of what she looked like. And I literally met her that day in the shop. I walked straight into her and it just, it shocked me so much, like it stopped me in my tracks. And my husband bought the figurine for me. We brought it home. Of course, I then started to completely, you know, um, I got online. I was like, who did this? Who's this person? Because she had a blog, uh, what do you call that? A blurb hanging off the side of her statue. And it was like, I used to be a social worker until I, you know, I didn't pick up a paintbrush till the age of 30 or something like that. And at the time I was counseling and I was, it was just like, it resonated so much with me. It was like somebody had decided to become an artist. I was like, it, it, it was, she wasn't born this way. For some reason, I thought that, you know, artists, it was bestowed upon them coming down from heaven or something like that. It was like, and <laughs> oh, you yes, be an artist. Yeah. I want to put a pin in that uh, and circle back to that, but keep going. I'm not going to stop yeah. Um But anyway, as it turns out, at the time, Kelly Ray Roberts was living in a, place called Portland and I didn't know about Portland until then so that was in 2014 um but it was coming into contact with her work um is is what awoke uh, just it, it awakened in me the yearning that I had been suppressing and also it awakened in me you know I'm an Enneagram 4 so one of my superpowers is envy and it, <laughs> it, it awakened my envy to the degree where I was like, okay, if this is possible, like if there is somebody in the world doing this thing that I desperately want to do and it is possible, well, then I can't live in this world and not have given it a shot myself. Mm-hmm. It's like the envy gave you permission, invited you in. It made it a non-negotiable. It was, it, now it was just like, this is this just stop right you know this this is this is possible it happens I don't know what I thought before that Sandra I think I I think I thought that artists were created in some sort of a jello mold or something Mm -hmm. I did too Amanda yeah I my whole life I yearned to be some kind of an artist whether it was a performer or something and I too thought that talent was something you were just born with. Mm-hmm. You were born with talent or you weren't born with talent. And that was it. It was not something that you could work for. 
that you could develop as a practice. I had, I did not know that. Yeah. And it was like, also there was something about license, like, you know, uh, the artists, because <laughs> like, I've been hanging around with artists and musicians all my life. Like I call myself, I, I say that I was a closet creative. I actually wasn't. I, I was a really, I was quite shit at being in the closet when I look at it because I was <laughs> constantly hanging out in that. It was always the water I swam in. Always. Same. But, yeah. I, always on the periphery. Yeah. Just on the periphery. Yeah. But I thought I didn't have the license or the manual or, or the right or the, you know, and I thought that every, because my approach to art making, and you will know this now because you've both been at my workshop, my approach to art making is quite creative. Like it's not technical. I'm not trained. Um, it's not terribly skilled as in like, you know, I never learned to draw. I don't care for it, you know? Um, but not being able to draw never got in the way, you know, that kind of way. So like I always found a way um, it's, it's, and funny enough, I was writing songs for years and I thought I was doing it wrong, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. which kind of implies that I obviously thought there was a way that it was done. It's, it's hilarious to me. I thought the way I was doing everything was just like the, the, um, the illegal way. <laughs> Which probably made it seem a little bit more enticing to you, right? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of making it up as I go along as if that wasn't what you did. So yeah, right. you're, yeah. Right, like there's a right way and a wrong yeah. way. And yeah, you were doing it, but, uh, but the wrong way. Mm. Yeah. I think, a lot of, I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I know I felt that way for sure. And so I think with the beauty of what you do, Amanda... Oh, wait, I'm jumping ahead. But, but the beauty of what you do is that I think you give that permission as well. Like to just, you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to be trained in a technical artist to make art. And yes. And I'm, I'm blessed that I never was because I, that's the, the way I came at it. And so it is quite creative how I came at it. You know, I kind of, I sneak in, I sneak in and around it mm -hmm. and I have lots of ways in and around it. So it's quite, I'm quite liberated there. Um, but actually, I've gone way off because that's my relationship with Portland began five years ago. So it was almost like I became aware of this artist and then I became aware of this artist in me. And then I started pursuing this artist in me. And so like Portland was this kind of far off Oz type place mm -hmm. where, you know, and then the more I got, you know, the way you follow the breadcrumbs in this community. And then next thing you know, your feeds are full of artists and creatives and so many of them live well I'm going to say so many of them live in Portland but it's just like because that's high on my radar it's like buying a, it's like getting a new car and then suddenly you re, you're like hey this car is everywhere so <laughs> right yeah so it was that kind of a thing so I I just it was magical to, to be there and then also to be there I traveled there on my own and I was not on my own that was un unbelievable well, tell our listeners where you traveled from for those of the, um, our listeners who haven't heard your previous interview. Um, where did you come from to come all the way to Portland? Um, so I came from uh, Sligo. I live in Sligo, uh, which is on the northwest coast of Ireland. So I call Sligo, is it, like, it is the Portland of Ireland. It's in the same location mm -hmm. on the map, you know. You know? Perfect. Um, yeah, and it's, um, except we're right on the coast here. Um, so, yeah. And you went there uh, for this trip. Okay, so how did this trip kind of manifest itself or what manifest itself? How did it, how did it become? 
Yeah, so what happened was that um, I have been, okay, and it ties back again to the beginning of my journey. So Kelly Ray Roberts awakens me, kind of, you know, um, breaks my heart. And in the wake of that, I was Googling, hopelessly Googling Art Retreat Ireland because, you know, I didn't, I, I, I never, I also did not know about the world of mixed media until I met Kelly Ray Roberts' work. So I was looking for, anyway, it turned out that there was an art retreat happening in Bantry within two weeks of that. And, you know, it was sold out and I couldn't afford to go to it. And it was just like, but also it was just what I needed. And it was kind of miraculous. It was a, an art retreat called A Space for Dreaming. And it was a week long and it was a one-off. Um, and, and I went, even though it was sold out and even though I couldn't afford it, I rang them and I was like, eh, make room because Bridie's on her way. You know, that kind of way. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and I, yeah, and I was like, um, the landlord can maybe wait a week and all this kind of thing. But I made it happen. And the, at that art retreat, I met Flora Bowley and I met Orly Abeneri. I knew nothing about either of them. I just was up to their classes. And I went in, I took their classes, and they both blew me away in very different ways. Um, and then, as it turns out, they started to develop a friendship. And I've been following them online over the last five years also. Um, and then I've gone to a couple of Orly's workshops over the years. And Orly has traveled to Sligo to deliver her workshop in my studio. Um, but Orly was California-based. But then, where did she move to last year? Only Portland. <laughs> and she started to collaborate with Flora on a workshop called Winds of Change. And so I just did a, this year, I did the exact same thing I did five years ago, which was, fuck it, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, it's like, okay, now, now I have the problem of how do I make that happen? Um, but I, I have the wonderful privilege now of having work I can take with me and a community I can bring it to so I said well I'll, I'll bring my workshop to Portland and um, that will make it all viable mm. which yeah, I did you made it happen you made it happen which we'll have to we'll have to circle back here to to kind of mm -hmm. some foundational pieces of what's happened over your last year but I just wanted to start with Portland just because that's where we all met up and maybe we yes. can circle back and end with that too because it was um it was very an important moving weekend, um, not just for me, I think for all of the women there, but yeah. Uh, so, so Portland was on your, on your radar. Um, but when you were on the show last year, mm -hmm. it was episode 54 for our listeners, if they're listening, a lot has happened since then for you. Yeah. So can we kind of maybe lay the foundation of that and what you've done? You've done so many things. You've been such a great teacher to me and, I think like you talking about Kelly Ray Roberts, I, I just looked her up. I used to carry her stuff in my store. I've met her before. Like away, really? Like a decade and a half ago, 15 years ago. That's funny. I used to carry yeah. her, her things in my store. Um, but you're, the, you're kind of that person for me. And we have a, a story of connecting the dots that I'll tell that I've told in the intro. But yeah. for, since this last year, let me get back on track. Sorry, I'm all over this. There's so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> I know, I'm the Let's same. Let's get back to, okay, so yeah. you're coming up on your big sobriety from alcohol birthday. Yes, two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when is that? 
Uh, that will be on the 26th of June. That was my, that was my official day one in 2017. And last yeah. year you were on the show around that time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of avenues of places I want to go. I thought we could talk about what you've done since then. You've had a lot of big content creation. Um, I want to talk about emotional sobriety. I want to mm-hmm. talk about, um, you know, the things that you're creating and putting out in the world and how you're spreading the special magic that is you in your retreat. Mm-hmm. So Maybe take me back a little bit to, I think you've done some training and some things to get yourself ready. Um, it seems like you're highly motivated, Amanda, to yeah. see what somebody has. I want what they have. We say that a lot in the rooms. Like you see somebody that has what you want. Yes. Make it your own. And that's what, you know, I think sobriety is all about for me. Um, yes. If taking little nuggets from people that I like what they have. Can you tell me um, what's been going on since the last year in that regard in terms of your career? Absolutely, yeah. In in terms of my career, okay, yeah. or or boat boat sobriety career, mix it up. Just the path that has been your last year. Okay, so as I was preparing to talk to you today, because like that, it's like a, I'm just firing off in all angles. So I I want to kind of like just give a um, here's where I'm coming from, right? And it's something that you've given me in the past few weeks when we were at WhatsApping back and forth. And I was sharing with you, I was like, you know, banging my head against the wall again with, I'm like, ah, frustrated with also my creativity and my, um, sorry, not my creativity, my recovery and my uh, professional thing. Um, Because they're very much intertwined. But you told me about this idea of coming to believe, Tammy. Mm. So I'm kind of like having this conversation with you and with Sandra through the lens of the, or yeah through the lens of that just looking at that journey of coming to believe and as as a professional and as just a human being this kind of the struggle to just stay on the path to where you are without being haunted by where you came from and tormented by where you think you want to go right so this time last year, you're right, I was celebrating my one year sober anniversary and I was just coming out of, I think the, um, I, I think I must have, I, I had gone through a big uh, bereavement um, thing that, that brought up a lot of shadow for me in that first year of sobriety. And I, I kind of like was dumped into the bowels of my own shadow work as such. And so I think I was starting to come out into the light this time last year, but the food end of it, or my battle with myself, I'm going to say, because actually, as it turns out, food is the red herring. Um, But I hit my next rock bottom on July 15th of last year. Um, So the coming to believe, like the the spiraling path that keeps happening, this constant hitting the wall, this constant running out of road as such. Um, I, um, how do I put this? It's like, oh God, I don't even know where to, where to start with this. It's like, um, I'm, the other concept you mentioned there is emotional sobriety. It is unfolding within me all the time what I'm actually doing and how it all comes together and what this really is about. Because you know that feeling of whack-a-mole that happens? Mm-hmm. And you, 
Yeah, and you're so focused on, you know, attending to this thing which you think is sobriety. And then next thing you know, there's a fire going off over there. And then you go over there to tend to that fire. And then there's another one going off over here. So I've kind of been in that place recently. And even with my work and trying to figure out what is actually the thing that I'm doing here that I'm doing everywhere. How you do anything is how you're doing everything. What's the common denominator here? Like what? What is this sobriety thing? And as you say, Tammy, it is totally the... I'm coming to believe and understand it as an emotional management, you know, um, you, you it's might listen to that. Pardon? No, just, yeah, it's a process. The, the concept of coming to believe it's a slow, it's not an event, right? It's this process that's happening. You don't yeah. just believe you come to believe. And that's, a, that's not my words or yeah. that make that up, but I just, uh, it's, it's, um, it's helpful to me instead of thinking I need to be at the destination. Yeah. And also the coming to believe it's for me, it's almost like a process of elimination. It's like, what is it about me that I just want to test all the other beliefs? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like a constant smorgasbord of like, nope, now this one, now this one, now this one. And I keep reaching for the ego belief. I think I keep believing that I have, that it's this, that it's about this. And I actually wrote down something the other day I saw online and it was words by Jim Carrey. And he said, um, he was talking about depression and without, I don't, I don't want to talk about depression as, as in a, a label, but let's just say the, the experience of losing your energy mm-hmm. or the experience of just hitting that wall, running out of that road and just being like, oh my God. He said that depression is the sign it's your avatar saying to you that it no longer wants to be the character you're trying to play. Mm-hmm. And what I have had in the last year, while I have had a measure of recovery and I have been the student and I have been learning and I have left claw marks in every single thing I've had to let go of. Um, I also realized that I have to forget my line of thought, but I, I am, I've hit burnout about four times Yeah, in the last year. Burnout with your career, your professional work, or just burnout in Amanda work? Uh, Kind of both because, you know, I I think in this past year, I, I have really stuck my claw marks into the idea of success being the definition or what the definitions of success are. I'm confusing recovery with success. Mm. and I'm confusing I keep calling things recovery that aren't recovery mm-hmm. I keep confusing the symptom with the cause I keep confusing the consequence with the cause you know that kind of way I keep confusing the the focus with the byproduct right so you are you saying that you are hinging or you have hinged a lot of things on validation or, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose what I'm saying is I'm realizing that I can remove alcohol from my life and still be getting drunk. Sure. Yeah. Because I am getting drunk on my thinking morning, noon and night. I, I'm abusing my thoughts, my emotions. I'm abusing my reality 
I'm ab- sorry, I'm abusing myself yeah. through the many, many different variants of reality that I create in which I just cannot win. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, so it has I- to look like this. It has to look like that. It has to look like this. And I'm constantly on the mouse on the treadmill getting nowhere. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced almost two years worth of content and have over half a million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing and appreciate our weekly consistency, you can be a patron of this show for as little as a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to patreon.com backslash the Unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. Well, if I look at Amanda Grace objectively as you know, without knowing you as a person, I would say you've done a lot of shit in the last two years. Yeah. You've, <laughs> you've been coached. You've allowed yourself to, you've been teachable. You have produced a hell of a lot of, stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that, that just sobriety, like give the abstinence from alcohol, did that give you some energy or am I putting the cart before the horse? I mean, were you already, uh, was sobriety a result of starting to put that energy into all of this work? Uh, oh, there's no doubt about it. Like I, I stopped drinking the weekend. I started delivering my raw workshop. It happened the same time. It, it gave me, it became the vehicle, you know, it gave me the, 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 the pursuit of meaning, you know what I mean? It's just, it was something through which I could um, place my energy and, and derive meaning from and, and also be good at, you know, that kind of a way and devote myself to. Well, and you did that, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you did that for like a year, right? I mean, that first year of your sobriety, you took your raw workshop on the road in Ireland. Oh, yeah. It was all Packing up your car and driving all over the place and delivering and delivering. So like what we got in Portland, you had, that wasn't just that it appeared in Portland in its fully, you know, realized form. You worked your ass off for a year and before that too, I know, but for really in earnest of going to markets and taking your workshop and doing things in public and um, so this, the, the, to follow up that year, um, you, you kind of leveled up, you took everything up a level this last year. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and, um, stopping drinking enabled me to do that. Absolutely. That's for sure. But stopping drinking did not, uh, bestow upon me sobriety. Right. Right. There's a saying in the rooms that goes something like, the longer I'm sober, uh, the, 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 the more I realize how sick I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That, so I, that, yeah. I was just going to say, that's why, I mean, a lot of, maybe our listeners who are, who uh, I'm, I can only say my experience, but the reason I keep going to meetings, the reasons I do the work that I do is not because I crave alcohol. Mm. I crave, I crave a peace that I, um, I don't always find there either. However, I never regret going, but it's the, my emotional sobriety that I am trying to maintain 
And that's why I go to meetings. And sometimes I, I don't know if there's like a new listener or a person who's new to not drinking. It's, I don't go anymore because I am worried about my drinking. I mean, maybe there's a couple of days I do that, but m- mainly it's to maintain emotional sobriety. Yeah. And I know you and I talk a lot because um, we do leave messages on WhatsApp back and forth. And I get a lot of wisdom from you because you have this different perspective. And I think you probably get that from me, the things I share with you. And mm-hmm. it's really beautiful to hear these, you know, I love hearing what you're, you have a different take on things. You also struggle with food that you shared with us and that that's completely different. Um, a different journey that I'm not familiar with, but I learn a lot from you about emotional sobriety and talking about it. So you hit yeah. a bottom in July. You hit a bottom in July. Was that with food, Amanda, last year? I did. And, and you know what was driving me crazy as well about the whole thing? Like where I was, I, because um, one of the things about me as well is, you know, I don't, I never get anything before I get mad. Like I just, everything shows up in me as anger first. It's like, and it might, might not be anger at all, but I will just be pissed off about things things for ages before I realize what I'm really feeling, you know? Mm. But, um, so again, coming to believe what I was, um, kind of like freaking out about was, um, was the idea of abstinence. I was feeling completely hard done by there because I was like, okay, well I can do abstinence. It's it's almost like I was wearing the abstaining from alcohol as a badge of honor, you know, like Mm. look at me abstaining from from alcohol um and uh and I was kind of moaning and bitching and kicking against the idea that I couldn't have abstinence from food and I kept saying that's what I wanted I wanted I wanted the ability to walk away and to not have to deal and to not have to learn how to do this um as if that's what I had achieved with alcohol right so I was just very confused and lost in the mud with it and it's only in the last few weeks. And if actually Portland, you know, I, some things came up for me while I was in Portland towards the end of the trip that triggered my pattern. And so I caught myself out of my own habitat so that I wasn't able to enact, enact the pattern as I would have at home. And I realized that I haven't been looking at it the right way in terms of, I, I have been beating myself up this whole time saying, you know, you can't even abstain from food. You can't abstain. They're not the behaviors to abstain from. It's like looking in the wrong direction. Again, it's, it's pointing at a thing and saying, that is the problem. And also, this is what the solution looks like when really um, they're just red herrings. So like one of the things that I, um, which was new to me at the end of Portland was um, I started to have uh, it's called it's called a fat attack, and a fat attack is a panic attack that is uh, f- the fixation of which is on weight gain and gaining weight. I'm gaining weight while I'm here, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm and I start to panic and I have extreme anxiety. Now I was living in I was staying in someone's basement while this was happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And yeah. I had no I had no access to a scales. Because that's what I do when I have a panic attack, a fat attack. My uh, method of, uh, it's, it's like my drug of choice is the scales. 
Mm, right. Cause it confirms your, your hunch. Yes. Yeah. Confirms my hunch. And then that is the portal through which I enter into the extreme shaming, the anger, the kicking out, the, the, the punishing of myself, the depriving. Self-abuse. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. self-abuse. You're not allowed to eat for four days now, mm. which which is the cycle that leads to that, which is the cycle of deprivation, which leads to the overeating. And the overeating is just a symptom of, of something else, not the cause. Right. So I, uh, I ended up coming away from Portland um, with this kind of like itchy, scratchy thing. You know, I was like, because I don't have a weighing scales in my house either here in Ireland, but uh, um, I do have, there is a scales in the local chemist. And I, when I'm having a panic attack, I bolt up there. And I go and I weigh myself and it, the, the scales then will dictate the degree to which I'm going to freak out over this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I learned uh, coming home from Portland to, uh, I te- uh, for the first time ever, I abstained from my weapon of choice. Oh, good job. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, it's new ground. It's completely new territory because I'm back in Ireland now and I still haven't gone there. Now, I will admit, you know, before I pat myself too much on the back, it's more out of fear because I still have that fear. But that, that is where, what I have to sit with. Yeah. But fear can be used in this way, Amanda. I think, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but just I, I have a fear of going back to drinking the way that I drink, Right. So I think in a way I can use my fear for good um, to try to yeah. change a pattern a little bit, you know, not to let it rule me, but to also guide me and to give me a pause when you take that pause. Well, here's the thing also is that this is not real fear. Mm-hmm. What, I'm call- what I'm calling fear is not real fear. It's, it's more, a, it's a form of panic, but it is uh, syn- synthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a reactive fear and it is only there because of the story I tell myself about weight gain being the worst thing I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And anyway. I, I wonder if it's like, uh, you know, when you are, uh, when you first quit drinking and you, and you have that craving, but you don't give into it and you're, and you start to cut a new neural pathway in your brain. I wonder if it's the same thing. If you're doing the, that same that same kind of thing um, physio- physiologically when you don't give in to that need to I, go weigh yourself. You're definitely breaking the cycle because without that number, without that digital piece from the scale, I, the next piece can't happen. Right. And the next piece is the piece that is the spending of energy on, you know, just kind of keeping myself insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can we talk about something that I saw on your Instagram stories yesterday? Yeah. Um, you did something at the beach. I did. What did I do? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Tell me. Stripped down with your phone on record mm-hmm. as you jumped into the beautiful Irish ocean. I did. Naked. I did. I skinny dipped. On Was that, that had to have been something meaningful? Do you know what? It was. I, 
I, because this, this whole thing, you know, and it has been unfolding for a while. So again, Tammy, I have been coming to believe this. And the hilarious thing about the coming to believe is when you look back and you see the drama of this coming to believe, like I have been literally fighting, like I have put up such a fight over this because I have been, what well, this is a process of unbelieving. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a process of letting go of all the things you have been so invested in and which are terrifying to let go of. And it's getting out of the water you've been swimming in. Um, and that's a funny metaphor. So yes, yesterday I arrived back home to Sligo and I picked my dog up and I had had a long drive and I'd had an emotional weekend. And um, I arrived back, picked my dog up and he hadn't, my and it had been on my mind to go down to the beach. And when I picked him up, my dog sitter she said I I didn't get to walk him yet today and I said perfect I'll walk him now so we went down onto the beach and I I wasn't prepared for a walk on the beach so it started to rain as I got there and I'm in my like I was in a linen dress and I was I was in dry weather clothes so as I was walking I took my shoes off uh, because I really love to make that contact with my feet on the beach and um, I took my shoes off and as I was walking I realized there was there was nobody, which there rarely is. There was nobody there. And because it was starting to rain, I said, there's not likely to be anyone here. And then I was getting drowned. And the water, I just walked into the water and I could, it wasn't freezing and it was gentle and the tide was in. And um, I've been wanting to do it for ages. And I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm doing it now. And I, I just stripped off and, and I decided to document it too, because um. There was, do you know what it was? My body was craving that. Mm. That was me listening to my body. My body was just like, get me in that water. I need, I need this, you know? Um, it was a baptism. Somebody else said that to me, Tammy. It was a baptism. It was just like, yeah. get in there and, and take the clothes off. And so fucking what if somebody comes down onto the beach? What law am I breaking? It's, you know... Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm just like maybe you know maybe it can just be your problem if you interrupt me on my beach right <laughs> while I'm swimming in the nude You're like fuck right. off go home it's so it's so your tag to create there goes crazy Amanda again <laughs> I just, I just like, yes yeah so I but I've my body has been asking for this for a while because it there's something very beautiful about being in the water naked. I mean, there's something it very really beautiful about is. being naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And, yeah. And funny enough, there's another thing that I noticed. Um, and I didn't just note it, noticed in, it in Portland. I have been, you know, coming to believe that a lot of the time I am on, like, pulling at my body is because I'm in clothes that are hurting me. Mm. Yeah. And it's so when I get naked, I'm free. And I don't have a problem with my body as much. Like I don't pull at my body naked. I pull at my body in clothes because it's like as if I'm I'm wearing these restrictive clothes. I'm I'm again I'm abusing myself. I'm not allowing myself to just be comfortable and just to be myself. You know? Mm-hmm. I said to my sister the other day about about um uh Shrek, the movie Shrek, and I think it was the first movie when he met Princess Fiona. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you rem- remember the end of it where 
you know, it was something like if she would kiss the ogre and then she would become her true self or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so she's, she is this stereotypical Disney princess. She's beautiful and she's blonde and she's white and she's skinny. And, you know, she's like a real, um, what we've led been a real kind of like Barbie girl with what we've been led to believe uh, that she was the, you know, she's the ideal the ideal of beauty that we've been fed all our lives since we were little girls. Um, so she kisses Shrek and then this magical storm happens around her and her true self is revealed and she is a, another Shrek. Like she's an she's ogre an too. an ogre, yeah. yeah. Now I remember my reaction to that at the time. I would have been an adult, but I remember being just like, I was horrified. Because I was, I was like, no, like, don't do that to her. Mm. Don't take that away from her as if, as if the, how she was showing up before was perfect. Mm, right. The mask was the preferred way to be. Yeah. And don't take that away from her. And I remember being really, I won't say devastated, but I remember it affecting me. And I remember thinking to myself, if I was her, I would be pissed over this. <laughs> I'd be like, give me that kiss back. Get out of my fucking castle. I do not like this. But um, there was obviously a message in that. And it, it came back to me this weekend or last weekend. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is just, this whole journey, this whole journey is about, you know, I, I have this internalized narrative. And it is a fat phobic narrative. It is a fear of weight gain. It is a, a moralizing um, of size. You know, it's just, it's so much of the water I've been swimming in that it has been, uh, it has been a real battle to even just get me out of it. So, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. I feel like I've gone all over the place with this, but it's about identifying the, the real work. What is the real work? Because, you know, it's like sober isn't going to make me lovable. You know, like me not drinking alcohol doesn't make me great, but like diet, me as a dieter, it's, I've been trying to, like what Jim Carrey says, my avatar, it just isn't working. Yeah. I can't achieve the avatar. So this is a grieving process of me giving up the person I thought I was going to be. And it shows up in weight. It shows up in like money. It shows up in success. It's like how I should be looking, living the life I should be living. You know, this fantasy ideal, Amanda. And I'm punishing the me I am in the process because I'm not her. I think I think watching that yesterday, I watched your video and I texted you or I sent you a message because I was holding my breath because mm. I was I was hoping you were gonna do it, you know. And I knew you would you wouldn't have posted that if you hadn't, but I was like I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for her and then I just held my breath a little bit and I got teary and because I knew what a big deal mm. that was. But I felt like you've been getting a little braver on your stories with sharing on Instagram with um, your yoga yeah. too and putting I believe you know some pictures and images that you're naked on your mat and the metaphor <laughs> is not Ooh. lost on me and yeah. seeing you do that yesterday um, 
I chatted with you in Portland about reentry and about going back home. Um, mm. You know, and we had talked briefly about that because I worried because I think the last time you were here in the States, um, you went back home and reentry was hard as well. So I was, I knew we were going to talk to you this week and I didn't want that to be pressure. And um, I don't know, I just felt like I, I can just see your evolution and being your friend and watching it and hearing you hearing you have your ideas and thoughts and your very strong opinions. And that's what I love about you. But I also really like your ability to self-reflect Amanda yeah. and change course when needed and to shift. Uh, we all do that. I know in our own ways, but the way that you so freely share that mm-hmm. with me personally between in our calls, but also um, how you share that with your community. I think that is yeah. what is so special about you is that you're not doing this in a, you know, and some people, not everybody has to be public about this, but I feel like that this is your, this is your, this is your superpower that you mm-hmm. do share it so freely. And so that, and then others can see what you're doing. And I think that's, I don't know if you felt this over the last year, but I think that people coming to your workshops, experiencing you in real life is just a gift mm. and that you keep stretching, yearning, wanting to learn. And that's yeah. why I think being teachable, like Sandra mentioned earlier, it's so key in any kind of sobriety or in life to be so teachable. Because when we're shut off, it's just, uh, there's no capacity, there's no um, chance, right? Yeah. There's no chance. Yeah. And, you know, again, and tying it back again to this, this journey of coming to believe, you know, my, my archetype, which is also my business name, and it is my you know, it is my archetype is, is pilgrim. Mm-hmm. That is it, right? My business name is pilgrim soul, but pilgrim is the thing because I am the, the person on the road kicking up just as much dust as everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I am on this track. I am, I have no idea where I'm, you know, it's not that I've no idea where I'm going, but I, I, I am not the holy place and I am not the road. Um, I'm the person on it, figuring it out as I go. And I think that that's, I am sharing that. And I think that, you know, because I don't have an external perception of that, which is, as you know, from attending my workshop last week, it's like, it's ironic because the external perception is always, has always been kind of where I've been focused. I've been trying to image manage all my life. I've been very concerned with the external perception of me. And and a lot of, I think, what I do sometimes, it's, it's a very delicate balance because I know that a lot of what I do, it, uh, I mean, I'm online on social media sharing some very intimate and vulnerable places in my life. And, and some of that, I will be honest and say, is a, a deep need for validation in me. I have a very deep need to be seen. So in the process of doing that, I realize it's kind of reinforcing the less it's putting the lesson. It's putting me back in the water all the time because it's teaching me all the time. You can't, you have to validate yourself. Like the perception is that matters is mine. Like it's, it's like, I I do that work. I do that validating. I do that confirming. I do that, uh, you know, soothing that tending. I do all of that. So it's me, you know, like I'm not trying to figure it out in peace and in private and then show up done and be like, hey, uh, you know, let me show you the seven keys to ultimate success. I'm not doing that. I'm not like, 
I haven't pinged in a microwave somewhere and I'm done and now I'm going to show you how to make your life perfect. You're literally seeing the traveling circus here. It's like I'm just spinning plates all the time and I'm it's it's fascinating to me. It's it, I don't know why it's unfolding this way, but it just is. So in one way, I'm reaching out, looking for love. And in another way, I'm learning to, I, I'm getting that, um, what I'm getting mirrored back to me all the time is is the work I have to do and the work I am doing. And uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you, does that happen to you? Do you, you know, the way you lose yourself because you're like, you're working, you're, you're hustling so hard that you forget that there is a process happening here. Um, I, yes, yes, I do. But I have to say, Amanda, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to validate you here <laughs> for a minute. Um, Hold on, um, let me just prepare myself. Okay, so <laughs> you ready? Because my question is, do you feel when you show up as a teacher, do you feel that that is the true essential Amanda? Because you are very good at mm. what you do. I mean, yeah. you, called, you said to me that you are a Sherpa, and by God, you are. Mm. Um, I, you, yes. You... I, I hope that you own that because you are definitely a Sherpa. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, Sandra. And I, I do appreciate, I really do appreciate that validation. And I do feel when I'm in that role and I'm holding that space that I do, I, I take that role very, I won't say very seriously. I don't want to say I take it very seriously, but I am very respectful of it. Um, and I, I place it, I, I think of that position, it's a very privileged position to be in. And um, it's one that I'm, you know, I, I'm very, I'm also trained for it. Like I've, I, I have a love for it, I have an interest in it, and I also have gone and acquired skills so that I can do it well. Um, and I do, I, you know, I know what I'm doing when I do that, what, I, what I'm working with. And I, I don't step into areas that, um, unless I know that I can hold that space there, you know, like there'll be two, some areas where it just, I have no business going, you know. Mm. Um, but I stay in my um, arena there and I, and I kind of work with what I know and I have the tools that I know how to use and, um, and, and you've experienced all them. but um, it's also in my bones. You know, I have in my ancestry, we have, um, we have a lot of teachers and we have a lot of writers and we have a lot of spiritual, you know, and, um, uh, and philosophical kind of thinkers. But one of my ancestors was a hedge master. And um, a hedge master was, uh, here in Ireland, there was things called hedge schools and they were hedge schools that, um, during time of penal law in Ireland, um, there was um, laws passed against the the Irish, well, the Ca- I was going to say the Catholics in Ireland, um, that we weren't allowed to be educated. We weren't allowed to be like we were basically oppressed by way of depriving us of the resources we would have needed to sustain ourselves. Mm. and to educate ourselves and the result of that 
was famine, right? Um, everybody might, you might look at a famine and you say, you know, the famine is why people are dying. You know, it's the famine has cause, but the famine is a consequence of something else. Right. And um, so the famine was, is, was caused by, very deliberately by um, that kind of oppression that swoops in to a nation and robs of it its sovereignty. So if you think of that in terms of the individual, you know, and the things that we can do to ourselves because we internalize this behavior. And so we rob ourselves of our sovereignty. We deny ourselves um, nourishment of the soul. We deny ourselves nourishment of the body because we're so busy putting ourselves on, you know, diets and, um, you know, this and that. You know, it's just like we're, we're, we're disconnecting from the, the natural instinct. And, you know, how many women have you known who have kind of like battled with the idea of allowing themselves to go back to school or to go to college or to take this course or to invest in themselves in some way, mm. you know? Yeah. And all of that oppression, like the, the other thing that, um, like one of the other laws was that you weren't allowed to own a horse that cost more than five pounds. Right. And really? it's, yeah. And it sounds like such a, um, an obscure rule, but back in those days, it was the only means of like, it was basically your machine. You know, it, it, it was the way you got things done. It was the way you, um, it was, it was a very big part of how you survived. So they were like, you're only allowed to have a sick horse. So, you know, it's, it's like um, obstructing your ability and disabling you, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. and, and that is all of those things put together. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at something here because I, I have a note on this. So all, all of these things put together, they create the conditions in which famine arises. Right. And if you look at famine as a metaphor for the spiritual famine that can happen in a person, like that hunger can be fatal to the soul. Mm. And as we know, these uh, addictions, if you want to call them that, if you want to use that word, are the many words that we can use. But the, the, the trouble that we get ourselves into very much is a spiritual hunger. It's a spiritual difficulty, isn't it? Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes we can, it's so easy to look back and say, oh, that's because of the famine. The famine did that. And then we try and feed the famine. Like we try and, and so I'm again, working with a very strong metaphor here because it's like, if I look at my thing, I'm trying to feed, I'm trying to treat the consequence and not the cause. The famine didn't cause this. It was the oppression that led to the famine that caused this. So it means lifting all those injunctions. It means it learning, allowing myself to have the horse I need to do the work I do. It's allowing myself. One of the other rules is you weren't allowed to gather. Hmm. You were not allowed to have community. Now, uh, we, we come from, you know, the unruffled community. Like that's what we did in Portland. Yeah. That was illegal. <laughs> Gathering. It felt so good. Right. <laughs> Just like all of those things to all of the structures 
measure to um, establish a pre and, and prolong oppression. Yeah. So like, yeah. And, and people gathering, when people get together, it, they, they create solutions they, and they create networks and, and we kind of lift each other up. So that was, you weren't allowed to do that. The other thing was um, the, the laws were written in English. Our, English was not spoken in Ireland back in those days. Um, the majority of Irish people couldn't speak English. So they didn't even know what laws they were breaking half the time. So if you think about that, when, when I think about the, the education that I got, I went and I got a degree in psychotherapy and counseling skills. And, um, but I don't see that it's a humanities degree. It's an arts degree. I see that as a, a language degree. That's what I got. Yeah. I got it. I just got a language. I, it's skill set as well but I, I went to school I went back to college to get that degree not so that I could go and become a practicing psychotherapist it was just so that I could speak the language I needed to understand what was going on inside of me well that's the beautiful thing you keep listening to what's going on inside of you Amanda and giving yourself permission and maybe you're taking um, this path that path a, a longer route it's probably needed. You know what I mean? Like we, when I look back at things too, I'm like, why did I go all the way around? Well, cause I needed to go all the way around. I needed to figure it out that way. Um, it needs to exhaust every other possibility. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but, and then, but it's all, it's not for not though, right? Like it's, it's, it's oh, yeah. you, you, you are learning and, and absorbing. And that, I think that is the thing about being teachable, uh, that you're open yeah. and that you're willing and that you're taking the journey. Yes. And somebody asked me recently, what are you grateful for about you or, or something? I don't even know what the question properly was, but I said, you know, I am very grateful for my willingness to be wrong. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. And a lot of people aren't. They're, too, they're terrified of being wrong. But um, mm. being wrong has, it has actually been, every good thing that has happened to me, has been because I've been willing to be wrong about that. Right. It spurs the most growth. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like failure too. Yeah. And there's such hope in that. Like every time I was losing my shit this year about whether it was, whether it was recovery related or business related even, you know, because you can't do business without doing money and you can't do money without doing worthiness and yeah. you can't do that without doing the work. So it's all connected. And um, when I was losing my shit this, this past year with all the stresses and the growth spurts, and of course, I, I just want this, like, I want uh, more. Uh, I'm always like, that's not enough. It's not enough growth. But um, <laughs> yeah, because, hello, you know, I, scarcity is my middle name. Like that, I'm coming from that. It's, it's, a, it's also it's a psychological trauma that's in my DNA, you know? It's mm -hmm. like, it, it pops up. But um, I, I remember the smoking thing. Of all my things, the fact that I don't smoke anymore is the biggest miracle of, of ever. Like, I, I would have lost a bet on that, um, that I could ever become a non-smoker. Um, How long has it been for that, Amanda? Two years as well. Oh, it's the same. Wow. That's right. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. Actually, yeah, thank you. It's, well, it's actually two years nicotine-free. I was off the cigarettes a year before that, but I was vaping. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That is a big uh, deal. That is a massive deal to come off the vaping and everything. So to be nicotine free and, and it is a miracle. 
Um, so every time I'm like, I can't do this, I think, hold on now. You used to you say that, about that. Mm -hmm. and you were wrong. So I and I have, I have a post-it on my uh, desk and it says, um, you know, miracles happen. Miracles happen. And it's just to remind me that, you know, and I, that's my interpretation of a miracle is something you once believed impossible um, becomes possible, becomes yeah. true. Yeah. Well, it's like we just keep, um, you just keep showing up for yourself in a way and you just keep surprising yourself. I'm, I, I just, once you can, I had a shirt that I got from the Sense Right Now um, guys, um, their podcast, and it said quitter on it. Because mm -hmm. once you start quitting things, you kind of realize, Oh, I can quit alcohol for me. If I can quit alcohol, I can quit other things. Yeah. I can, I can quit ca um, drinking caffeine. I can quit. Um, I mean, I haven't quit sugar yet, um, but I think that's on the horizon. Uh, but knowing that I can quit things that I, if I can do that, I can do anything. If I set my mind to it, I have to want to do it. Yeah. And it's, it kind of proves that the stories we're telling ourselves are not true. Yeah. They're not truths. They're, they're stories. Um, and and this work of trying to um not trying to this work of unraveling like this meeting ourselves like uh, as trying and trying to get to the essence of who we are like i said to you is that when i met uh, at the circle recently i was like it's you cannot get at the essence without navigating the stories that obscure it yes that's like so it's like an invitation it's this beautiful invitation i think um when i'm working with women that are new to sobriety um it's hard to accept that invitation it's such a good fucking invitation <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing that i'm doing it's not always you know beautiful and clear and and concise and you have all the answers and it's no it's mm. messy and but that's ugly I, beautiful it's so beautiful that i think like in your the taking your your workshop and and raw and seeing the beauty and the chaos that i made on the page mm. um that beautiful metaphor of seeing everybody's stuff spread out everywhere that was so pretty to me um i, I don't normally work in that environment so for me it was like um it was like dropping me into this experiment, right? And saying like, how are you going to feel? I felt, yeah. a ton of, I felt a ton of things, but I also felt, especially the space you had at Amanda, it was so beautiful and so open. And mm -hmm. um, having you at the head of the table, knowing that you were our leader, our Sherpa, our guide, our facilitator, uh, that you, I had full confidence that you were going to take us where we needed to go. Mm -hmm. This was my second time taking the workshop. And I think you'd mentioned something to me like, you know, is it going to be the same? It was not the same for me at all. It was yeah. completely different because I'm different at this time that yeah. I'm taking it. So I could take it again and again and keep Absolutely. getting this beautiful richness from the experience. But that chaos, there's beauty in it too. If, um, you know, a little time and perspective sometimes you need, like even looking at the pages now that I'm home and diving into them, it's, it, was, it was beautiful. And I think that that's kind of, you leading this type of work um, is so very you. I don't think anybody else could do it. You know, this is, this is, I mean, they could do it differently, but your way, what a gift. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's totally not painting by numbers, which is very deliberate. And, and also it just, it's not how I do things. I don't paint by numbers at all, but it's very uncomfortable then for 
anybody coming to the workshop who has kind of is used to painting by numbers or think they need the painting by numbers because I make it impossible for you to not only copy me, but copy yourself. I make it impossible for you to follow a prescription. Mm -hmm. I, I literally just create this container in which you're just going to have to, you know, get in there and play and explore and be curious and all of those things. Yeah. But I will say, I really did appreciate the list of techniques I did. <laughs> oh yes. Well that, that, I mean, that would have just been mean. <laughs> not give you a list. Yeah. I give you all. And then I, you, and then you can pull them out yourself, but it is also, they're all so freeing. Um, but what I love about it is that it will bring up for you, whatever it is that, wants to be brought up so it's making known the unknown at all times but also teaching you because the whole idea of raw as I explained is you know there's the emotional honesty piece but then there is the raw materials piece and that nothing goes to waste and everything that goes up showing you how to park all of the pieces that arise and unfold and happen in the process how, how to park them and create a, a you know to honor the sum the whole is the sum of the parts, but so we're honoring the parts. And then it's like putting a jigsaw together without the box to guide you. You, you don't know what the picture is going to be. Mm -hmm. It's You just kind of intuit your way to a picture. And then the, the challenge is to when it um, reveals itself is to say, oh, oh, there you are. Instead of, well, that's not what I had in my mind, you know? So good for me. I, I have to say, I've, the past week, honest to God, I've been dreaming art journaling. It's mm. been crazy. Yeah. Like I've woken up almost every morning in the past week with another kind of snapshot in my mind's eye of, 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 a, of a page from my art journal. It's so... It's so weird. Isn't it profound? It really is. And I mean, yeah. I'm the one who went in with the old story, you know, well, this isn't my medium. Sure. I'm a creative person, but this isn't my medium. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I won't ever be able to produce, you know, because yeah. Yeah, I have the taste level, but I don't have the skill or the talent. Yeah. So you came in all like managing your expectations. Of course. Yeah. 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 Even though I I really try to stay neutral about expectations because honestly, you know, my old way mm -hmm. when I was drinking was I wanted everything to be like off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I try to neutralize my expectations, but I still went in thinking, oh, I'll never be able to pull off what's in my mind's eye I'm, I'll, because I don't because this is a new medium to me, but that's why I say you're so skilled at, at this Sherpa thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the, tools Sherpa. I, the, the tools I use, they work. I mean, there's a reason why I use them. I, it's a very, very, for something so, you know, kind of like chaotic and spontaneous in terms of the creativity, there's a very, very deliberate intention mm -hmm. behind all of it. 
Yes. Right. And we're going to, of course, we're going to let you talk about your offerings and whatnot, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now that if you get the opportunity to either work with Amanda in person or on with through one of her online programs, do it, do it. Even if you don't think uh, if you're like, Jesso, what is that? I don't use glue sticks. Just please do it. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, I came home from the experience, Amanda, um, you know, and there's a coming down from all of this too, which is what I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you about. But I came home and I went to go show my son my, um, the work that I did. Yeah. And when I went to go open the book. My, I used a, a book. It's written in Hebrew. Um, I got it at like the community center. It was free. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a hardbound book. And I did my work on top of it. But I go to open up the pages and they're sticking together because <laughs> I had him a little wet. And immediately Virgo Tammy was like, oh shit, now I'm going to ruin everything. And mm-hmm. I paused. I, I, I had the thought. And as soon as I had the thought, I was like, nope, I'm going to crack this open because it's going to rip and do whatever. And then it's more art and I get to do something else with it. That yeah. has never been a, a reaction of mine to kind of screwing some quote unquote screwing something up. Yeah, and the yeah. page is ripped and it looked like Rorschach, you know, it looked beautiful actually on this one page. Yeah. And I just, I loved it. Not all the pages did that, but just two. And yes. I think it actually made it more beautiful. And that was a lesson I took away. Like just, I don't have to manipulate everything or to keep it precious or to keep it quote unquote perfect. Um, it's the perfect is so boring. And I, and I know that. But and it, to practice and so it is another thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect is painful. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, so I know we're, we're just chatting away here, but I wanted, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, you said you did money work, did worthiness work, did coaching mm-hmm. as well Four voices, um, coach mm-hmm. training, and you kind of pulled all these things together. And I mean, I know it was more than just whipping it up there, but you really started the beginning of this year. Like you were just knocking it, like, let's go. You had all this energy, right? I know your new year is in November, right? November 11th. Is that when your new year starts for you? Um, there, there is a Celtic festival called Saun. So I tend to begin my, yeah, I, that feels like a new year for me. It's, or at least it is the, the point in the year, which I start to prepare <laughs> For, yeah. for the new year psychologically yeah and you have all of these things that were brewing inside of you and tons mm. of ideas which I know Sandra and I we can totally relate to that all of these we have all of these ideas but it's executing them it's this whole other thing yeah so how can I um so you have all this brewing you also realize you need to ask for a little bit of help um mm-hmm. I think you called in some help for the first time and then you also um are rebranding mm-hmm. photographs of yourself. Like there's all of these things just in these last six months or seven months that I have seen. Yeah. Um, what gave you that push to do that? What was the big aha for yeah. you that you're like, this is where I'm going? Well, I kind of got a new lease of energy. Um, you know, I, I, I had been, you know, so I had this, my, my um, stopping alcohol, um, happened around the time I was, you know, I, I had a couple of pregnancy losses and which threw me into this kind of like big transition grief thing. Um, and I was, I, I was just, I had lost my energy. Um, and then 
in March of last year, I came across uh, Meadow DeVore mm -hmm. and she became, you know, um, a, a teacher for me, you know, and I took the trainings that I took with her. I did the Worthy Project and I did Money Love. And um, the energy that I got from her um, was, it, it sparked a fire in me, you know, it was like, it was the right energy for me to be around because again, she, she was modeling for me something that was, um, it, it put me again into almost that place with Kelly Ray Roberts where it was like, hold on for a second. You know, I, I like she's, she's doing a thing that I would love to do. And I'm sitting here in my story that I just can't do that. I can't, that, I can't do that. Cause I do this, you know? Um, so I was, I was very inspired and, uh, by Meadow and, and also her programs. She's such a, such a good coach. And, uh, I wanted to learn how to do, she's a good teacher as well and a good coach. So I wanted to learn. I wanted what she had, put it that way. Uh, and it just so happened she was selling it. <laughs> so I was like, cha-ching. And, uh, I, yeah, so I, um, I took the four voices coach training with her, which was brilliant. It was amazing. And, and how it kind of like merged in with everything else that I do is just so beautiful. Um, and it really is powerful. And, um, so a lot of my energy came from there. Tammy, you know, that kind of way I just kind of, I tapped into. So again, what, what you always say and what I've learned from listening to your podcast and everyone on the podcast about the, identifying the people who have something you want. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be really hard. That can be really, really hard to be in, to put yourself in the water with somebody you feel is swimming in a bigger pond than you are, or is a bigger fish than you are, something like that. And I'm, I'm speaking as a four, so, you know, the whole comparison and the envy and all that shit. Mm -hmm. But I, I also know that, I, I know now what my envy is. I, I know, like what I said earlier on, it's not real fear. It's not real envy. I know how to, um, I, I have an emotional understanding now that I know how to channel my emotions. So when my... Um, envy is kicking in I know that that is the flag that goes up that says ah, ah here's the thing you want do you know what I mean yeah oh I totally know what you mean I, yeah. I, I said it earlier it's like you've turned it into an invitation rather than a, of, a block yeah because there's a bit of work to be done because you're the way sometimes when you first spot your teachers you usually hate them oh sure <laughs> Like whether or not they're going to become your official teacher, but like your teachers always show up as like, oh, this bitch, you know, <laughs> right. like, who the yeah. fuck does she think she is, you know, and I, yeah. when that's happening, that's like, note it now, that is your, there is something happening that that is a teachable moment or that is your teacher mm. because you know, on some level, it is, uh, somebody is mirroring to you something you have disowned in yourself. Absolutely. Or, and, and which you are bereft of because that pain wouldn't be there. And that longing wouldn't be there if it wasn't yearned for, you know, 
So, uh, so I got that energy to answer your question, Tammy. I, I got the energy last year by coming across Meadow. I was just like, what, who is this? Like, and, um, I took all her training and then I met a great bunch of women through her trainings and just kind of like got into it, got back in more. It just, yeah, it was just like a water filter change, you know? And you, and you came to the United States to take some training with Meadow and that's when you did your raw workshop in Oakland and in San Diego, right? You kind of make you and Terry, your husband came over here. You did this mm -hmm. whirlwind tour. And yeah. World tour of California. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> we think we're a pretty special state just like you are us, right <laughs> so oh, it's a big California state but you traversed it you yeah up and down the coast and uh you yeah. gave yourself uh you know that permission to go do that work and to um share yeah. your work which was really cool so yeah. when you went home you know uh the the, the, the next the, like i said these last seven months you've been in content creation and that yeah. is a different kind of creation. That's kind of what I'm working on now on the computer. You and I, you share so much with me and help me. But like to create things online, you know, Sandra's doing it too. It's like, that's a lot of energy instead of sewing or making art or painting or journaling or doing these creative hands. I mean, acts with our hands. Uh, we're doing it on the computer keyboard and that can really feel um, good for a bit. Yes. But then it feels like I need to even it out. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. And after going to your workshop, I think that lit the thing in me. Yeah. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with being on the computer a bunch and then needing studio time? Well, at the moment, I think a lot of, a lot of the reason for the burnout has been that um, in this past year, because I've, I've reached a point now where I'm ready to just dance on my computer. I hate it. And um I, uh, I feel technically oppressed, you know, that kind of a way. Um, mm -hmm. now another reason for that is because I am the queen of insisting to do everything myself. So, you know, hello, you know, perfection. We don't know anything of what that's about, do we, Sandra? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's yeah, talk about a, this. a hard time with delegation. <laughs> yeah. And I figured it out because I have, um, I have a, a, a a colleague who who's, who did the coach training with me and now we coach each other. We've continued on with a, a, a coaching each other relationship since. So uh, Alison Moncrief is, is her name. She's an artist in San Diego. You know Alison, don't you? Oakland. Yeah, uh, I know her. Oakland. Yeah. You know, yeah. So Alison. Work on Instagram. It's great. Yes. Yeah, Alison's great. So she helped me figure out this thing that I've been doing right <laughs> So I went through this, I was just exhausted. I was trying to do everything myself. And I don't even know how, what I would look like if I had children. I don't even know. But anyway, I was, I had this issue where the, the floor in my house started to, I started to argue with the floor in my house, right? Because there was dust bunnies gathering. And I was like, don't you fucking start. Don't, don't you start needing to be mopped. Right. And, you know, like how dare you housework and, um, and I, but I was on, I was in protest mode because I was like, I am not finishing this work to go to work. You know, the way you'd be strained in front of the computer for 12 hours, like screaming at MailChimp. Mm -hmm. yes. is, that just, is that just me? No. no, I'm in the thick of this right now. Oh yes. yeah. Screaming <laughs> at MailChimp and literally like being, you know, like I, sometimes I lose my shit and then I peek out the window just to see 
<laughs> was anybody like has a crowd gathered yet? Because I'm like I'm screaming in the house like <laughs> and, I, and, and I have a by the way, I have a story for when somebody does knock on the door and says, everything okay? I I'm you know, when the police are called, I'll just I'm gonna call it scream therapy. Um <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> right. It's okay. Everything's fine. Nothing then, to see here. <laughs> yeah. So what was the question, Tommy? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, you know, having to, I, I go through this too. And I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, go ahead. I'm going to re, uh, state your question. It's about finding again, that elusive balance between being a content creator with italics around it and being an artist. Yeah. And I tell you what, if I'm too much of a content creator and I'm not making the art uh, that validates the content, then I feel like my soul is like leaving my body. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's very hard. It is. And where I, I remember now where I was going. So Alison helped me figure something out because I was like, <clears throat> the, the housework was starting to, and uh, I was... I was denying myself, um, like I, I don't have somebody who comes to clean the house or anything like that, right? And I don't have somebody who does anything actually. I, I'm doing everything, all the spinning plates. And I started to say, uh, I think it was something like, oh God, I, just, I would pay somebody to come and, you know, just mop the floors. And I think that the answer was, well, why don't you? And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, let's just, how dare you kind of a thing, like even suggest. But I, <laughs> It, it kind of threw up the idea that there was, there was a, an injunction there in me. Um, and anyway, we coached our way through it. And what I discovered was I have a, a belief or some sort of a, an unspoken rule, an implicit rule, that if it is a thing that I could do myself, then I should be the one to do it. I'm the same way, girl. Exactly. So it's like if it falls within my skill set, it's my job. The problem with that is that I'm, I have a pretty vast skill set. There's, you know, mm -hmm. there's very little I can't do and there's very little I wouldn't be willing to do. There are things I wouldn't be willing to do. So like, I'm not, I'm not willing to mow the lawn. I will hire somebody for that. I, I won't agonize over it. But because I'm domesticated and I'm technically minded and I'm creative, I'm filling all of those roles. Right. Um, yeah. And something has got to give at some point. So we coached my way, we coached our way through it and we came to the, we came to the belief, Tammy, the <laughs> yeah. new belief. So I yeah. let go of the belief that if it's a thing I can do, I should do. Mm. And I came to the belief that me outsourcing the job is me doing it. Right. Well, you had left me some messages about this and you were inquiring about if I had a housekeeper. <laughs> or, I don't even know if you inquired, but you were sharing what had happened between you and Allison. And I was like, I'm just going to let you know, Amanda, I do have a housekeeper. Yeah. That is something that I did for myself 10 years ago when I was working at the wine bar. Um, mm -hmm. I justify it in a couple of different ways, but it doesn't matter. I was like, that is the one thing that I do. And you were like, fucking A, like really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, hold up. And then to you know what starts to happen? I, I had a client um, and we were doing a Zoom call and I'm coaching her. And midway through our session, she's like, the doorbell goes and she's like, oh, oh, hold on. My cleaner has arrived. And I was like, fuck, excuse me? Like, where are, where is it? It started to reveal itself to me. 
I realized my neighbor had a cleaner. And then I called my neighbor's cleaner to see if she would come here. And you know what she says to me? I, I'm full. I, I'm completely full. And I was like, hold on, you mean, you mean there, were, there must be a lot of people? Like she basically has a week worth of, like everybody in other words has a house cleaner except me. <laughs> well, in uh, me, Amanda, and me. <laughs> Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, if yeah. I can do it, uh, I should, do. I should be the one to do it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a martyr about it, but I will say that, you know, I try to do my, I try to use my energy to do my most important work first, which means I'm living with dust bunnies and other things. <laughs> There are yeah. no dishes in the sink and the laundry's kind of up to par, but other than that, things fall apart. So yeah, I know. I'm totally with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed though I was doing it in every way. Like I, uh, somebody, I came across then, so, cause once I was onto it, I started to see where else I was doing it. So yeah, I didn't have any backup for like, I'm redoing my website now and I, and I have help. I don't have to figure out cause it's a new platform. I'm moving away from Squarespace. So I have help. She's figuring it out. She's building it for me. I'm giving her content and you know, I have, I'm playing a part in it, but I'm not. How does that feel? Do you know what? It feels so wonderful to have somebody there who you can hand it over to Mm -hmm. and, and who advances your agenda. Yeah. You You have to trust it too, right? Yes. And, and, uh, helps you progress and advance where you want to go without you spending all the energy that you end up resenting the job. Like I, that's what I did. I'm the worst boss I've ever had. I, you know, gave myself a dream job and then I was a total prick to myself about it. You know, it's like, no, no, you're going to work 24 hours a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. So But then, of course, we have the other dilemma then, which taps into, so here it is, here's the whole picture coming full circle. It's like, well, if I'm going to outsource it, I need to pay for that outsourcing. And am I earning enough to do that? And if not, why not? Oh, it's because I'm afraid to, or because I won't charge, or because, you know, so that will tap into that again. So it's like, (laughs) we think we're, and here's what I've been doing. I was talking to somebody about it the other day. Oh, my sister, I was talking to her last weekend about it. It's like, we're doing everything ourselves, thinking we're saving ourselves money. Uh, But if you think of money as energy, like we think we're saving ourselves money, the energy that is money, but we're spending every bit of physical energy we have in the process. Mm -hmm. So we're not, we're actually not saving. Yeah, no, I know all of this intellectually. (laughs) I know, don't we all, don't we all? So that's the thing. So now I've hired a bunch of people and now I, and now I have to figure out how, how to pay for them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which brings us all back to content creation. And yeah, yes, it's all, it's all the cycle, but you giving it, yourself it permission, it seemed like it, it, um, it allowed you to kind of shine in a way. Um, at least I could feel it. I don't know if you yeah. felt it this way, but that you could really shine and, and own what you were doing and that this is, I mean, you quit, I mean, you didn't quit, you finished your, um, coach training, um, your four voices coach training. And then you went right into coaching. You like right out of the gate, you created raw online, the 30 days, you like busted it out into the world and you were, and then you created some workshops. And, and that's what I wanted you to talk about because I know we're talking to you forever, but about Cree and that how you've created, um, you know, it's five days. Is that right, Amanda? 
Oh yeah, so uh, Cree is a four and a half day retreat here um, on the west coast of Ireland in a, a place called uh, Mayo, uh, Mulrani Mayo, which is out by Ackle. Uh, it's a very, very, not only beautiful place, but it is a very sacred place. Um, as in like there's, there's, a, there's stuff going on out there that it's like you, you go out, it's like stepping across a threshold. There's no... There's no denying that. Um, mm. So you step across the threshold. And what I do with that, um, Cree is all about, uh, so Cree is a, an Irish word. And if it's translated literally, it means heart. Mm. But because it is an Irish word, there isn't, it isn't a literal uh, interpretation that you give it. it is a, it's more of a container for the idea that there is an essence to a person um, and that that essence embodies the heart and the soul. You know, it, it is who you are at the heart of it all. Um, you, when you know somebody at the essence of who they are, it's, it's, that, um, it's that quality in them that just kind of like is um, all ever, ever present no matter what they go through in life and how many, um, you know, how many interpretations of themselves they go through, you know, how many, many different ways you show up there's still an essence mm-hmm. anyway so Cree is that and um as a word that's what it is and so we gather around the idea of um in order to make contact with that essence and and to tap into that essence um that we can do the work of learning how to receive um let's say the wisdom that that in that in that essence you have a what would you say it's like um you have an inherent wisdom mm-hmm. um and also in that essence is it's kind of like your what what's her name carolyn miss would call it your sacred contract it is it's a very vague but not really it's a visionary quality that's what it is so it's a visionary element of what matters to you so this whole idea of um Cree is is built around the idea of receiving and being open to receive and spiritual nourishment to the degree that we keep ourselves spiritually nourished so that there is no, again, I go back to the famine because this place that we do the retreat is famine territory um, in, in quite a stark way, you know, I mean, it's it's all over the the west of Ireland, but there's there's a there's history that you can still touch there, um, and so we take that whole metaphor about being lost and lonely and hungry, um, and and we do it against the backdrop in which this was happening in a very um, in a, it just it, it it was happening. Uh, it's part of our history here, you know? So we kind of, we're working with that energy and that lesson as such and that um, metaphor and that archetype really of, of famine and looking at what, what causes a famine and tending to ourselves in a way that keeps us safe from the conditions that would do that Mm. to a person. And do you do that all on the page, Amanda? Is that how you're processing yes. it and, and um, I'm just trying to get so if listeners are interested because I, I know you have a few openings is that right 
I do. Yeah, I've, I've three. Uh, it was sold out, and then we've had three uh, cancellations opened up. So, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so yeah, we do it on the page we're gathering, but it's also a residential retreat. Um, so there is very much a couple of elements at work. There is the environment. There is the story of the environment. I also use the, um, I have an, a harpist come to help us kind of set the tone of the, um, the kind of the energy that we're working with by way of the location that we're at. Um, we also then have the, the group who are each bringing to us their own sense of what you know, just that, that that crossing a threshold to receive, you know, there's just something beautiful that unfolds um, about that kind of gathering. And then we're all staying together. And then there is the actual house and its story and its inhabitants. We have Laura and we have Sheila and we have Cheryl. And then we have the dogs and we have the goats. There's an ancient Irish goat conservate. Um, the lady who owns the house conser is a conserver of the this ancient old Irish goat, um, which is unique to the area. And they're like unicorns, like they're like something out of a fairy tale book. So they're roaming around as well. And you have the sea and you have, you've, you've an awful lot of elements working their magic on you. Mm. Um, and then I'm so holding, good. it is so good. And I'm holding that space and I'm using all my tools and stories and metaphor and symbols to give you basically a bag of all these tools I'm giving you a way to just like that like the language how do we access our stories we have to loosen our grip on words we have to learn how to expand in order to tell the stories that obscure our path to the truth mm. and it is in the center so we're, we're moving towards, we're taking the metaphor also of a labyrinth and we're making our journey inwards to a, a center point at which we will formulate a question. And we just drop that question in the center and allow it to um, work its magic. And, you know, as we come back out into the world and and, and with that openness to receive whatever comes from it. So you have both experienced now, because I've been in touch with both. Uh, you, well, you've said it on this call, but I've mm -hmm. been in touch with you since. Like your, your experience is still working on you. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And say the date again, Amanda, for Crease. Uh, it's the 27th of September to the 2nd of October. Got it. And it's residential. It's all included. That includes all meals, all everything so it's like really doable how much is it um the tickets that are left are 1950 okay and that's four and a half days lodging. four and a half days <laughs> lodging i give you um yeah you just have to make your way to westport where i get you uh, get transport to the venue so it's lodging it's food it's um your um, refreshments. It's a sober retreat. There's no alcohol. Mm. Um, and, and the then, experience. Yeah. And yeah. And the experience. So it's, um, we had our first one in April and it was just, it was transformative. You know, it really isn't, uh, th that experience, it is an opening 
And while we close the circle before everybody goes home, there is something is opened in you and you have learned how to hold it in those few days that we spent together. Um, but it is going to, it's, yeah, it's going, the meaning will evolve with you over time. It stays with you. Mm. Oh, Amanda, I, we have, so, I want to talk to you for like another hour. Um, I know you have another program. I want you to be able to promote um, Tender. Oh, yeah. And, but, and then I know we need to do the three things. I think Sandra has a hard stop here in about 10 minutes, right, Sandra? Okay. We're, we're okay. We're good. We're Keep okay. Going. All right. Yeah. So can you share about Tender? Cause that is your most current offering that our listeners yeah. can maybe jump on and do with you. Yes. Yeah, so that's going to start in July on the 7th of July. So you can register up until the 6th or, or probably the 7th of July. And that is a six week, um, group online coaching experience in which I am teaching you the art of self-attendance. So um, you're going to learn a bunch of tools. Um, anyone who is on the path is, uh, you know, for uh, aiming at emotional sobriety and who maybe is struggling with it because, you know, you just be spinning your wheels all the time. You're caught up in your stories or else your emotions or whatever it is. It is me teaching you and coaching you through a bunch of tools that help you access uh, the the sorry that help you um attend to the stories so the, the mind uh the way your mind is telling you stories and getting to the heart of what is true so that you kind of neutralizing because the truth is always neutral so when you get past the stories and you're kind of valencing of what's happening around you, you can get to the truth, which opens you up to an emotional uh, response to a truth, which opens you up to um, a very specific line of inquiry. Once you identify the right, the, the accurate emotion, let's say. So when we're not in a reactive space, we are in a responsive space. So it's getting into a responsive space and then taking a line of inquiry with that. So it's very much learning how to coach yourself. And um, I teach, uh, let me see how many, I'm teaching tools for the uh, mind, the, the heart, so that's the emotions, the body. We're looking at how to develop an awareness, not of the body, but as the body. And also then the soul which is this kind of visionary piece, the soul that is the finger pointing at the moon, mm. which is to say um, the very <clears throat> intuitive non-literal aspect. So in, in short, this is about, um, this is your basically your, a mega toolkit for emotional sobriety and um, visionary wisdom. And like if these tools can, like they're life changing, you know. How how long is the course, Amanda? It's six weeks, and six weeks. Okay. yeah, and we have a. Um, I teach and coach live every week, but I'm in the group every week, coaching you every day. So, mm -hmm. and it's a very small class. I mean, we only had twelve people take our class in February, so it's uh, you will you will get what you need there if you show up. I'm mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and how much yeah. is it? Um, that is $340. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And people yeah. can sign up on your website. Can you say they your website? We're going to say it at the beginning, but can you say yeah, it? Yeah. It's amandagrace.ie. 
So if you go there, you can read, you can read the testimonials. You can see a video testimonial of the pilgrims who went before, and you can see the breakdown of the course. Um, this work is the work that, you know, when you're saying to me, you saw me basically expand and blow through the, my mm-hmm. own stratosphere last week. I, I raised my own ceiling based on this work. Yeah. This is, this is, these are the tools I learned that opened me up to the, um, the way in which I've just shown up differently this year. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amanda, thank you so much. There's so much I could, we could still talk forever and ever like I we know. do. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's, you're, you're amazing. And I just have to say as well, like you're so professional, even though I'm like, even though we know each other, that's, that, that's so Irish. I'm like, you could, you know, you can just treat me like, <laughs> you know, casually, like whatever, but no, you're so professional, like, you know, um, and I, I appreciate it and I, and I really do appreciate what you two are putting out into the world and, and I, I hope I um, have communicated that to you both that, that you're playing such an important role um, the way you're showing up and you're changing lives and you've changed my life because I said it before when the day came <laughs> when I arrived at the belief that you know this isn't working for me yeah. um, I had already been listening to you for about four months Mm. and I knew I knew all I had to do was keep listening thank you Amanda thank you yeah we um, have a mutual love admiration society here between the three of us which I really love yeah Yeah. Yeah. and our listeners too Amanda you're one of the most downloaded episodes that we did and so that we thought we wanted to have you back because um, so much growth has happened for you and uh, knowing you as well as I do now, I just uh, seeing it just all happening and being able to communicate with you this last year has yeah. been, it's helped me with my um, recovery and sobriety and emotional sobriety. And my yeah. creative uh, backbone has gotten sturdier by talking to you and bouncing ideas and figuring problems out and you assisting and helping me. And really it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a joy to witness. You're just like, hello, my name is Tammy and this is my thing. <laughs> well me and sandra are both coming out of the um yeah and sandra um this summer i mean of winter yeah yeah Yeah. it's amazing time it is time time for us okay so three things uh, in your recovery or or in your unruffled toolbox that could be recovery or sobriety related Okay, so here is my three things. Re- creativity related. I'm sorry, I'm all bundled up here. I knew what you, you, know, you know what to do. You've been on here before. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. would you want me to do the show? I know. Um, <laughs> uh, so my number one thing, right? That that is my um, saving grace this year is is the is the concept of body trust. Um, if you go to benourished.org, learning about, learning about the concept of body trust as a birthright and learning to, um, you know, also the work of Isabel Fox and Duke, which you originally connected me with, um, Tammy. Yeah. And just the whole concept of not body love or about self-love and all that. It's, it's about like learning to dismantle the narrative of the diet mentality has been... Um, this year, you know, it, where it has gotten to now is I am skinny dipping on Instagram. So right. as, as an act, a radical act of love, as in my body wants to be in that water naked right now. And I was like, granted. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the relationship I ever had with my body. I was like, shut the fuck up, you. Come on, we're going to have a salad that you hate. Mm-hmm. So like, 
that's my number one is to go and follow that thread. Um, I also have on my Instagram feed, I have a highlight reel and it's called trust. And if you click, if you click on that highlight reel, I have linked uh, and it's an ongoing thing where I'm point, I'm signposting you to all the accounts in that field who are, are helping me to come home to the, the place of trust within my own body. Mm, I love that. Mm. Oh, good. I'll check that out. Yeah. yeah. The second thing, <laughs> grounding. Uh, so, um, you know, going out into nature is always going to help, but uh, taking my shoes off works a lot. I am. Um, I like to take my shoes. We have amazing seaweed bats here as well. Um, and those bats are grounded. So I walk on the shore all the time, but take your shoes off is the point. Like if you're going to go for a nice walk along the beach, do it barefoot. Uh, walk in the grass barefoot if you can. I know you have snakes in America. We don't have snakes here. So just <laughs> be careful. <laughs> but, um, I have then, snakes, yeah. Yeah, no, we, we don't, and we don't have fire ants or any of them. There's nothing here is trying to kill you. You might step into the <laughs> That's it. Um, so, yeah, and then swimming as well, just uh, which kind of ties in with the first one as well. There's just something beautiful. There's uh, water is a beautiful disqualifier for anybody who has had body issues uh, and a difficult relationship with their body because you get into the water, everybody's weightless in water. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's the place to go. It's weightlessness. Uh, get in there and let your body swim. And I swim with other people, and I feel like it's uh, like I go to a swimming. Um, I go to swimming lessons, like adult swimming lessons. Mm-hmm. And I would never turn up at a, uh, a track. Like I have the same chance in the water as everybody else here because we're all weightless, and I love that. Yeah, oh, so, I've experienced the same thing in water. Yeah. So the idea of grounding and and just getting into water. And then my third one is um, inquiry, learning the art of inquiry and the tools to help you um, question your own, uh, you know, thinking, your stories, your, you know, your emotional responses to things. Having the tools to do the work you need to do is like... You have to have them. You just have to have them. Otherwise, you're just going to end up like just reading all these self-help books. Like me, I just was like this constant presence in the self-help section back when it was called the self-help section. Um, because, you know, I, I can read about it. As, what's this Wayne Dyer says? Like you can read about rain all your life. It's not the same experience as getting wet, you know? Right. So um, the inquiry tools have, they're going in my, in my toolkit, like actually have tools in my toolkit um, that are helping me, um, helping me as I am on this road, kicking up the dust. Um, yeah, just helping me turn that dust into fairy dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's changing all my dirty dust into fairy dust. Well, uh, art journaling by Amanda Grace is now in my tool inquiry toolbox. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. Oh, stuff. Thank you. It's great. Oh, loved it. And we mm-hmm. love seeing you in person and having our date in the city. We're going to talk about that in the intro. You won't be privy to that until you hear it, but yeah, we're going to talk about 
um, okay. how we took Portland by storm that day. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did. So oh, yeah. all right. Well, I can't wait to see you again. It'll, it'll be soon. And if not until then, I'll just see you on Instagram. So if people want to yeah. follow along with Amanda, where can they find your, your work? Where can they best hang out with you? Okay, so I'm on Instagram at Amanda J. Grace. My website is amandagrace.ie. And then on Facebook, I have a group called Pilgrims on Deck. Uh, if you can't remember any of that, just go to my website, amandagrace.ie, and you can link to me from there in all my places. And on Instagram, I have that link tree thing. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm in enough places that you'll find me. Yeah. And your Facebook group, is it, I can't remember, is it secret? Is it? Is no. it closed? It's closed. Is it, it's closed. Okay. It's closed. So you can find it of your own volition. Right. That's, yeah. 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 I just added a bunch of pictures from Portland. Uh, I realized I don't post there very often. I was like, I need to share what I learned there. And then I couldn't find a lot of words because it was so emotional about, you know, what transpired there. But I thought I visually wanted to share what was going on. So yes, that happens a lot, actually. A lot of my workshop <laughs> participants are like, I don't have the words. And I'm like, yeah, show us a symbol. <laughs> Right. Right. Oh, right. Well, my dog is going ballistic. Okay, I can. Sorry, at the end. Somebody's. (laughs) All right. Well, I love you, Amanda. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you, Amanda. Amazing. Thank you. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Solis. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.